run Rommel's looking like he's got one more good run Zip's a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Everything you need is here under the sun Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. My name is Jeff Fuller. I've been breeding dogs for over 20 years and it is my passion. We love putting best friends in people's homes and selling them that dream. That dream of riding the truck next to you, running around the field on a hunt, or just being a best friend at your house. If you're looking for a high-quality Labrador Retriever puppy, please check our website out as www.soggyacres.com or you can call me at 262-215-9683 or email me sportingdogtv at gmail.com. Remember, whether it's yellow, black, or chocolate, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Here at the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are all about the dogs. As our listeners, we want to thank you all for listening. We want to ask you a favor. Please give us a five-star rating. Give us a thumbs up. Share us with your friends. If you can support us financially, go to Anchor Support and support us there. We are only as strong as our fans and your help that you give us where we are going to spread our love for dogs and dogs in the field. Please share it to your friends and family. Please help us grow. Thank you again so much for listening to us. God bless. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Kate. Hello. We are going to talk about puppy prices and how they've changed in the last year or so. We are going to talk about not relying or even having your children be the caretaker or trainer for your puppy. And then in the hunting tip, why it's important to have a clean source of water for your dog when you're in the field. So let's go to puppy price. Wow, have things changed. Puppy costs are going through the roof and it's for a wide variety of factors. So we thought we'd kind of break it down for everyone so people could understand why when they bought a dog from us, say, even as little as two or three years ago, the price today isn't now what you would have paid even that short a while back. Yeah, I mean, it it comes down to what everyone's reading about the economy. It's inflation. And it's funny because people look at animals and as buying a puppy, I actually have people that are upset with us because they're like, I can't believe you're charging that much. And it's like, my goodness, the price of a truck doubled in the last 10 years. You're going to pay more for a puppy because the same reasons that those costs have gone up, it hits us as well. Obviously not metal charges and shipping and all this other stuff from, from, from all across the world, but a bag of food is probably about double what it used to be. Uh, we have our our vet program for people that are that have our foster guardian dogs, and I know when we started that program probably ten years ago, it was two hundred dollars. Five years ago or six years ago, no, it was probably five years ago, maybe even four. We raised it to two fifty, and now we had to raise it to four hundred and fifty dollars because our vet costs have doubled. It wasn't fair to the families anymore. We cover um, 
basic shots and a wellness check and everything like that. Just your basic veterinary each year. We reimburse them. And the benefit of the program is they get this, you know, wonderful dog and we take care of the basic costs and of course all the costs related to breeding. But they were taking money out of pocket for just basic veterinary expenses. So that wasn't fair. So we had to increase what we reimbursed them. And then you look even like, I know I paid our electric bill last month. It was $1,200 just for our kennel. (laughs) Now, mind you, when you, when you have a puppy kennel, you have dog doors that are basically where the dogs can go in and out. They're not insulated. So you're, you're pretty much heating something that has an open hole in the wall that is sort of closed. And you're heating it, especially when you have a new litter of puppies, to 75 degrees. So, yes, there's always cost. But it's pretty uncommon for me to look at a bill and choke. And I was like, holy cow, is that expensive? $1,200, and that was just for one month. Yeah, and that doesn't count the house where our office is. And that same bill last year, I would have said, was probably between seven and 800 for the same facility. Yeah, the good thing that, that I see now is <clears throat> when we had the TV show and I was traveling a lot, that would have eaten my lunch with gas prices, food costs, all of all of the stuff that goes in with travel. That would have just destroyed us as a company. But we're not doing that. So we've mitigated the cost somewhat there. But yeah, just, just the regular dog care, just feeding them, heating, cleaning supplies, all of that stuff. I mean, my goodness, bleach. It was so hard. I had to pay a ton of money for bleach when everything was raging the pandemic and people were panic buying everything. And I'm looking going, I actually use bleach wipes like every day. I actually use bleach. Could someone please help me out? And there was no help. It was just pull it out of your pocket. So when you look at costs on a puppy, that is why you have your costs that are going up. And I would say that your puppy prices in our area probably have gone from anywhere from like a thousand to eighteen hundred a few years ago to now you're probably looking at fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred and it's I know it's expensive, but at the same time, I have a buddy that bought a brand new diesel truck and he paid eighty six thousand dollars for a truck, and I was like, "My goodness, did you get two <laughs> right that would have gotten you two not all that very long ago. So moral of the story, I guess, is just that, you know, breeders are literally not making any more money than they used to. It isn't that at all. It's just the cost of everything in America has gone up right now and our costs have too. And we have to do that if we want to stay viable and stay in business. It's otherwise you're taking money out of your pocket and you'll have to close. You'll go broke. And you you don't breed a dog until they're two years old and there's no guarantee that they can actually have a litter. I don't think what people realize is by the time if you add purchase price in and all the vetting, you're probably looking at now, today, we'll have $5,000 in a female before we even have a puppy out of her and before we even know if she should be bred, if she can be bred. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Veterinary reimbursement costs. Those first year to two are super expensive on the vet costs. Um, Obviously, you've got all the food. And then what people don't realize is all the progesterone tests that we have to do every you single time. you got to get their time, hips checked, their eyes eye checked. certifications, yep, all of that. And that's not even taking into account that you're paying yourself for your time. So oh, you're no. basically <laughs> volunteering your time and having it be four to $5,000 before you even breed the dog. And, and that's when you're doing it right. That's why when people do find dogs for cheaper, you have to realize those folks are not doing any 
they genetic cut clearance. They're cutting. There's not even corners. They're just driving right through everything. They aren't doing a thing except for putting one dog with another. There's there's no expertise. It doesn't mean you're going to get a bad puppy. But if you look at your chances of having a puppy that is going to have many issues, you're going to have less if you go with a good breeder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find somebody. Do your research. Find somebody who's reputable and have the understanding in advance that quality is going to cost you money, but it'll save you a lot of expense and heartbreak in the long term. So that's it for this part of the show. Next, we want to talk about why you should not have kids be the caretakers or trainers for your dog. All that and more coming up after this. For the last 10 years, I've bought all of my vehicles from the Boucher Automotive Group in Janesville. If you want to get a great Ram truck or a great Ford truck, my son actually bought a used Chevy truck from them. They have fair prices, they have a knowledgeable, honest staff, and they really stand behind their products. You can go on their websites, frankbouchercrysler.net or gordyboucherford.com and find out the inventory they have. Again. I know everyone's saying that it's so hard to find a vehicle. We've bought three vehicles this year during a time that, quote unquote, you can't find them. They have what you need and they're a great company to work with. Check out Boucher. They ride with you every mile. If you're a serious person about the outdoors, or you love shooting, or you just want a great hobby, or all of the above, you need to check out Mech Outdoors. From their shot shell and metallic reloading to their clay target machines, you will get a quality product that will give you so much more enthusiasm about your participation in the outdoors and also a great hobby that you can do with the whole family. Check out mechoutdoors.com for more. Welcome back to the show. So now we want to talk about a topic Kate came up with, and that is why you should not have your kids help with your dog care and training. And not that they can't help, but we meet so, so many families that honest and sincerely think that their children are going to be the pet caretakers. And I don't care if your child is 8 or 12 or 18, um, as we've seen time and time again with families that we've met, putting those expectations on the child isn't reasonable. And it's typically the pet that ends up being compromised. Yeah, we have three kids and each one of them have helped in the past. Many times it was just watch the dog. If the dog has to go to the bathroom, let the dog out. So we needed help with potty training. So the dog's not in the crate all the time because we have busy lives. And every one of those children <laughs> had times where you would walk in and it wasn't behind the couch. No. It was in front of the couch. Sometimes Multiple. between the couch and the TV, there would be feces and urine. <laughs> Multiple bits. On the floor. And they are either sleeping, playing on their phone, or watching TV right over the top of the dog. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> of which you're saying, can I not just get this bit of help? Can you not just help me a little bit? <laughs> you had one job, as we say. But no, we, in all sincerity, we meet all kinds of wonderful families every year who we sell puppies to. And... I can't even say how many of them, probably almost nearly all of them tell us, now you kids are going to help, right? 
And in some cases, they're kind of just kidding around, like help as in, you know, let's help put the food bowl down, let's help fill the water bowl, let's go for a walk together. And those things are fine and wonderful, and I hope everyone does do those things with their kids and their pets. But we have other families where the pet is almost literally purchased for the children with the expectation that the children are going to pick up the yard, that they're going to do their flea tick, that they're going to groom the dog, bathe it, brush it, walk it. And with the yard, that was where I taught many lessons, (laughs) which was it finally got to the point where it was, if you've missed any piles of poop that you're picking up, you owe me a dollar for every pile that you missed. I'm going to give you $5 to go clean it but you owe me a dollar for every pile you missed. And I always make money on it. <laughs> but it, it, in all seriousness, that that stuff when it's yard care, at least you can go back and check it. The dog's not going to get a bad habit. It's, it's giving you the chance to do something, I guess, more low pressure for the kids. But when it comes to potty training or medications, I even tell parents when you take your dog home after they've been trained here, don't have the kids help with the training because they aren't in a position where they would understand how I explain dog training and the carrot and stick ability uh, to for usage of training a dog, why it works, how you need to do it. What will happen is you'll have little kids that are going to go out and they're going to help. And invariably, they're either going to do something that's maybe not humane to the dog or they're going to set your training back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so training is definitely a no. You are ultimately responsible for following through on training, whether that's potty training or, you know, teaching the dog appropriate house manners or how to walk on a leash. That is not an expectation to put on a child. And I say child, I mean that quite broadly. I include teenagers in this. Yes, they're plenty old enough to know, but generally speaking, the dedication isn't there and they're not invested in it like you are. So if you want that dog to be well-trained, well-behaved, it really is on you to follow through with that. Um, And as far as things like feeding, you know, making sure that the dog is getting the proper amount of food measured out, do not assign that to a child. They're going to take the bowl, they're going to walk in there, and they're going to scoop some in and kind of be like, okay, yep, close enough. Medications, no, never, never rely on kids to do any kind of supplements, medications, flea tick, heart guard, any of that. That's not a job for kids. Um, The training isn't, the potty training isn't. Um, walking, I would only recommend it if you're going along, especially, you know, if you have busy roads. We live right off of a highway. We don't even let our, our kids walk out there without a dog. There's absolutely no way. Um, go with them. You know, don't, don't put that, that burden of responsibility on the kids. And never, ever buy a pet. And I don't care if it's a dog, a cat, or a ferret, you know, a tropical fish, nothing. With the expectation that your children are going to be that pet's caretaker. It's going to fall on you and largely it should fall on you so that's it for this part of the show next up we're going to talk about the importance of taking clean water with you when you're out in the field all that and more coming up after this I am going to be the first to admit that sometimes kennels are kind of unsightly in the house. My wife for years was telling me how we needed to find something that wasn't just a kennel, but a piece of furniture. She showed me DCT kennels a long time ago, and we finally got with them, and we have partnered with them as a sponsor for Sporting Dog Adventures. 
DCT Kennels is more than a kennel. It's a piece of furniture. It is high quality, American made, and something you need as a focal point in your home. For more information, check out dctkennels.com. You will not be disappointed. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. We all know that unexpected accidents can happen. That's why I partner with Trupanion's breeder support program to send all of my puppies home from Soggy Acres Retrievers with an offer for Trupanion coverage. Learn more about Trupanion and sign up for their free breeder support program by visiting trupanion.com breeder. Be sure to tell them that Sporting Dog Adventures sent you. For the last part of the show, we're going to talk about the importance of taking clean drinking water for your dog and heck, for yourself when you're out in the field. When you go out hunting, you are going to obviously have a dog that's expending energy that if it's hot, they're going to need to cool off. They're going to get thirsty. Yourself also. We know that we aren't going to drink out of a puddle because that would make you incredibly sick. Well, your dog is the same. We don't want them drinking out of puddles out of stagnant water because that is where you get your parasites, you get your giardia, you get your coccidia, you get your worms from the animal feces. There's so many bad things that'll happen and that's how you get your dog sick. Can you stop them? No, at times they're going to, but overall make sure you're bringing along a water bowl, a water bottle, and just working with your dog. Now there's some people that will actually teach their dogs to drink out of a bottle I've seen that. It's pretty cool. They spray it right in their mouth. Uh, there's also fold-up bowls that you can get. Just have something along so they have a good, refreshing drink so they can cool themselves off, keep themselves hydrated. And the other thing is remember to stop at least every 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how hot it is, and offer the dog water. We want to make sure that we're caring for them. These animals are so driven and so dedicated they would run through a brick wall for you. Don't have it be where you lose your dog because they overheat. I still remember back when I was filming, we were in South Dakota, and they told me that they had one opening day that was a hot day. It was like 75 degrees. Somewhere in the neighborhood of like over 60 dogs died that day because people did not take the time to let the dogs cool off and didn't have water and because the cover was so heavy. When they're in that cover, the humidity levels are higher. There's no breeze. There's no real way for them to cool off. So keep that in mind and do what's right for your dog. Do what's safe for your dog. So that is it for today's show. I want to thank you for stopping in at Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. We had a great time today. Please share us with your friends. Give us a five-star rating. Follow us on your favorite platforms. And let everyone know about the show that's all about the dogs. Thanks a lot and take care. See you next week. God bless. Sporting Dog Adventures Run